Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally. Voidware prohibited. Must be 18 or older to enter. No purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. Welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. This is High Tea with Grace, where we spill the tea on HIT. I'm thrilled to welcome Dr. Sherry McAllister. She's a doctor of chiropractic, president of F4CP, the Foundation for Chiropractic Progress. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. McAllister. Oh, my pleasure. So tell me about your career path that led you to your current position at F4CP. I know you guys have 30,000 members or more. So tell us about it. Well, I actually got into the chiropractic kind of happenstance and it was a car accident that led me here to this very spot. Wow. And I was 19 years old and I was injured in the accident. And unfortunately for me, the more I tried to get it fixed, the worse it got. And I visited a number of healthcare physicians and it just kept getting worse. So I remember I was in cellular molecular microbiology. So my primary purpose at that time was to be looking in a microscope. Mm-hmm. And if anyone's ever had severe whiplash and looking into a microscope was just, it was awful. And I kept searching for a solution because I really wanted to be well. I was a very athletic individual. I wanted the spice of life. And it was very difficult to take the pain medications that I thought at the time were going to make me feel better. I thought that the pain medication was helping to cure the problem. However, I ended up with stomach problems and all sorts of unfortunate adverse events that came with the pain medications. But the worst part was I had headaches all day long and they never went away. Mm-hmm. And there was one day I remember just thinking, should I even drop out of school? Can I actually keep doing what I'm doing because I'm so desperate for a solution? And I, it was as clear as day, even today. Um, and just having that moment where one of my friends um, in the lab came up and said, why don't you try chiropractic? And I just looked at him and thought, what a bizarre thing to say. I said, well, if it would help, wouldn't they have already given me that option? Mm. And he smiled and he said, probably not. And that was the beginning to the rest of my life is I actually went to the chiropractor because I was so desperate and just sitting in the waiting room and, and with tears in my eyes thinking, you know, this is the last hope and this is... <laughs> This is not even something I even understand. 
um, what chiropractors do. And I walked out of there headache free. Wow. I mean, talk about purpose exploding from pain. I mean, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. What an incredible path. Now, what is F4CP now? And, and, and how did you get there? And what's your role at the company? Okay, so becoming a chiropractor was the first step. And I was fortunate enough to be a open my own practice in Silicon Valley. And, and most that are familiar with that region of the, of the world knows that it's super fast paced. And everything you do has to be really explicit for a purpose and an objective. And I was treating some Fortune 500 CEOs and executives so that I had all of my protocols and procedures down that if they landed their Learjet and they got to my office in nine minutes, because I was um, essentially eight minutes from the airport, um, they could be in and out of my office in less than 20 minutes and back on their airplane. So I was in super tense mode to be the best chiropractor I could be. And for 25 years, I created a practice that would allow people to come from all walks of life. It was an open door, come in, let's take care of the cause of your problem, not the symptoms, because that was one of the big pieces. And as I started to recognize that it was the larger majority of very um, influential and um affluent that were coming to see me i started to recognize there's a gap here and mm. that why are the um the um blue collar workers and where are the um the agricultural workers cuz in in the area there's lots of them why are they not coming to see me and i started to see the gap of education and what it meant to them and what the barriers were to care. And um, I was asked to volunteer for a conference in Las Vegas that um, the Foundation for Chiropractic Progress was at. And I had no idea what they did. And it was really just showcasing the education. And after that, I fell in love with it. And one thing led to another. And I, I recognized that my passion and my purpose were coming together to serve the people that may or may not be in a position where they know that chiropractic can be a solution for them. Mm, how inspiring. I mean, you're a doctor, an entrepreneur, a community leader. You know, I'd love to kind of dive into to talking a little bit about trends going on in the space that you're in. So many people, you know, why do you think DCs are the last doctor to be consulted for back pain, even though they specialize in managing you know, neuromuscular skeletal conditions. Why are they the last person to be talked to? And that's exactly the purpose for me doing this job is it is an educational value um, statement to get the options out there. And so many think that there's only a pill for the ill. And unfortunately, that leads to um, a greater impetus of reliance for that pill or medication. They it's kind of the what I want to blow up is this is not the best kept secret. It has to be a secret that is open to everyone so it no longer becomes a secret and that we use chiropractic as a health care course of wellness and not just pain because prevention like we have professional athletes that would not go on the field until their chiropractor was there to evaluate them not that they needed an adjustment which is what chiropractors call 
the course of care when we when we um, adjust the joints of the body. But you know, the professional athletes have them, celebrities have them, and it's very unfortunate that it doesn't trickle down. But I'll tell you why this was such a problem is, unfortunately, um, just after World War II, there was a concerted campaign from the American Medical Association, and there is um, a book all book out by Dr. Um, Howard Walensky, pardon me, Howard Walensky and, um, and a doctor, Lou Sportelli, that played a big role in getting this information out. But the AMA had a concerted effort to drive people to medical doctors. And at that time, chiropractic was really picking up and patients were seeing chiropractors almost two to one for the medical. And so there was a campaign that was called Contain and Eliminate um, the Chiropractic Profession. And at the end of the day, the AMA had to um, pay a lawsuit and apologize for the campaign. But the problem is, is the campaign did some um, unfortunate damage to the to the um profession as a whole and people still stick with this um you know quackery that's what they called us and that was one of the things that really created a, a problem for us was that it um it stuck and it um it led to people not trusting chiropractic or thinking that it was like witch doctors and at the end of the day we're now pulling out of it and we're now starting to showcase the wonderful research that's coming out and we we had people on that campaign like um uh elizabeth taylor um and landers wow and, um, the ama was paying to slander chiropractic oh my goodness what a nightmare you know so I mean, you're absolutely legit. So what kind of guidelines do DCs follow for the treatment of back pain that showcase the fact that they are doing real medicine here? Sure. So for back pain, it is the American College of Physicians, which really mm -hmm. is interesting because it's the it's the uh, medical doctors that write the guidelines and we follow the recommended guidelines that really showcase that non-invasive approaches such as spinal manipulation, which we call an adjustment in chiropractic, um, should be the first line approach. And that um, looking at more invasive um, treatments should be second or third line approaches. And so we're the, the profession as a whole is amazing in following those guidelines. And that's one of the things that we have going forward in in many areas uh, where the patient can really benefit from because they know they're going to get the least invasive option first. Mm. I read uh, an article from you recently called what recent claims studies reveal about chiropractic care. And I just love the connection that you made between chiropractic care and value-based care. Um, I'd love for you to just tell our listeners a little bit about what claim studies revealed um, from those from the studies about chiropractic care. <laughs> well, I'll I'll give you the headline so that it's an it's an easy understandable piece. But mm -hmm. but one of the the most important factors is when you took the claim data and you analyzed it. What unfortunately it showed in in the positive and the negative is the positive was patients were able to access chiropractic. Um, there are fewer services that were used, um, but the doctors of chiropractic are often the last chosen provider. 
Mm-hmm. And again, that comes back to um, awareness. What options are there? How do I get to the chiropractor? Is it going to be covered? So there's a lot in there, but what the um, the four studies really showed was that the um, first provider that was actually seen by an individual, and we're just going to talk about low back pain because that low back pain and neck pain is really what the four studies um, really focused on, are more likely to deliver guideline concordant care, which we just talked about following those ACP guidelines. And the, the most important part, which we need to scream from the rooftops, that we were associated with the lowest total episode cost of any type of healthcare provider. And I'm just going to say that again, because it's so absolutely incredible. When you take millions of data points and you look over the course of them, we were um, the lowest episode cost of any type of healthcare. So one of the most recent studies had shown that when a doctor of chiropractic became involved in an episode of low back pain, they were the type of healthcare provider most likely to resolve the pain. Wow. Wow. As I said before, unfortunately, we were the last ones to see the patient. So if you think about just my purpose on how I even got here, it was the last person. I mean, I had stomach ulcers from the medications, headaches every day, difficulty sleeping and severe depression. And the last option, which I thought was like quackery because no one no one gave me that option. So I thought, well, if it was even an option, why wasn't it given? And that's where the world has to change. We have to give the truth, the honest options to the patient to be able to make these facilitated and important choices. Hmm. Who did you work on this study with? David Elton is a, um, a uh, VP of musculoskeletal R&D at Optum Labs. And for many that, that don't know Optum Lab, you may know because it's a it's actually a, a subsidiary of United Health Group. So he came together to put to these um, four very unique papers together and his team utilized like a massive claim database that was really to essentially investigate what are the links between the type of healthcare provider you initially contact, the services that you get. Because remember, this could this could range from walking in being given an opiate to perhaps surgery is an option. Um, and then what happens? How often do you have to get to see that physician in total episode um, for that back pain or neck pain? And at last, which we need to be very, very honest about because the United States spends more per person than virtually anyone in the world. Um, If you think about combining low back pain with neck pain, we're spending almost $134 billion a year. And that's that's shocking. And, you know, it's the second reason why people go to their primary care physician. And I think we need to get an honest look and be really um, careful in how we're going to be spending these dollars. I was going to just say, you know, what are the implications of these important studies like for employers, for health insurers, for policy leaders? You know, where does where does this lead now that this information is out there? And that's 
the reason why the the foundation did a, a wonderful um, educational forum for health benefit consultants is when you bring out the clinical value and the financial outcomes, you have employers that need to make decisions, healthcare insurers, healthcare policy leaders, and it has to be a systematic change because let's be honest, we're, we're suffering in inflation and some will even push as far as saying we're gonna be heading into a recession. So your dollars are stretched farther and farther. And if you don't believe me, fill up your gas tank. <laughs> so we, we have to be able to look at the guidelines, who's following them and what is the highest value of care that you can get when you're suffering with something that like low back pain and neck pain. So look at it in increasing the frequency of initial contact with a DC could make a massive difference in the cost spending and the value proposition to the patient. But more importantly, think about the people that like me, I was suffering with stomach problems because of the prescriptions that were provided to me. And if I had had a non-farm option, and we actually looked at this and say, you know, our out-of-pocket spending um, has to be appropriate and we need to give incentives to see a, a least invasive um, option, that would change what I think would be the future of chiropractic and the future of healthcare is offer the non-farm option first. And it has the benefit of reducing cost, increasing satisfaction, and ensuring that the patient doesn't suffer adverse events to taking an opiate or some other painkiller that could be causing a problem. Mm. And making sure it's available and accessible to all. I mean, all young, from young to the oldest of old and no matter where you are. Um, I'm wondering, what do you see as the future of innovation in chiropractic care? You know, we have a big audience of health IT folks, healthcare innovation folks. You know, what kind of cool innovations are happening in the space that excite you? I will tell you the one thing that I am continually in awe of is the brain. And the reason why is we haven't fully understood it. The heart is one piece and we're starting to see some amazing new things about the heart that we never saw before. And if we recognize, especially for spinal manipulation, how does the nervous system and the brain connect? And can we have a role in how the brain is processing information and that's especially when it comes to chronic pain and the brain has a very special ability to be very very flexible and the question is honestly are we using that flexibility it's called neuroplasticity and over the course of the last 10 years there's been a lot more studies in the brain and the brain function and reprogramming so like people that have had strokes how do we reprogram them for success and um, what impact does the brain have on the tone of muscle, especially if, you know, you have had a stroke and you can't move your hand as much, but also think about dementia. This is starting to be an, an immensely important conversation because we're seeing a great deal more people with Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. We need to study the brain, how chiropractic works with the neuromuscular system, and then innovate the system so it it works at its peak because there's there's a reason why chiropractic is on hieroglyphics in pyramids. It's simplicity. Mm -hmm. When something is simple, it can be used so well 
And that's kind of the beauty of it. Truly. Now, I would love to now move on to your personal life. Uh, you are a very busy and successful executive. What are things that you do in your personal life to help uh, work your best and make a difference? First, the one thing that I think back on over the, the course of time is sleep and that um, my past life, I tried to do it all. And the balance was really not as, as effective as I was hoping because then I started to feel other um, things fall off my plate. But I would let sleep be the least important thing. And I remember training for a half Ironman and getting up at four in the morning. And then I had two babies to take care of. So it was ongoing. And so if I got four or five hours, I was excited. Like, wow, look at that. We got four or five hours. However, what I started to notice as I started getting up in, in age is I started to recognize that my brain had fog and I don't like a foggy brain. So I kept thinking and hearing like Ariana Huffington came out with a book on sleep and I thought, well, I'll give it a read. And then I started to recognize for my success to be truly motivated, passionate and invigorated every single day. If I don't get seven hours sleep, I suffer with brain fog. So mm -hmm. that was the first piece I had to deal with. And it wasn't easy to put into play. It took me a good five to six months, just be able to sleep more than five hours and then not wake up at that five hour. Like I would easily wake up at three 30 in the morning. You know, oh, it's time to go. I'm like, Nope, I'm forcing myself back to just rest and relax. Even if I just force myself to do a prayer in bed, I'll call it meditation so that I could fall asleep just for another hour. And it takes time, but I will tell your audience that if you're not getting good sleep, you're putting yourself at risk in many different areas. And we're starting to see the research come out, not only on brain fog, but on mental health. You know, how excited or um, positive are you in your world today? And it does come down to a healthy brain is a, is a happy heart. A happy heart is one that is able to feel well-balanced. That is so interesting. Now, now you have to tell us, did you do the half Ironman? I did. Oh, so, so you can hit so like a girl for out. real. <laughs> it worked out. I did it in in um, Calgary, Alberta. Um, but but up to that point, I didn't know how to swim. So the the story goes that I had a sister from the church who reprimanded me because I had two small children and I didn't know how to swim. And she said, "You need to learn how because you have no excuse and you have two children." So I grabbed one of my patients who was an alternate for the um, Olympics and he taught me how to swim. And then she came back, the, the sister from the church, and she said, now prove to yourself you can swim. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Or like, I can swim a lap. I mean, am I good? And she's like, no, make a goal, make a big, bold, brave, beautiful goal that you can achieve. And so um, I put in a raffle for Escape from Alcatraz. It's a raffle because it's an Olympic um, event and no one thought I would win. And of course my name was pulled. Wow. And so I had to swim from Alcatraz to the San Francisco Bay um, shores. And that was how I proved to myself I could swim. <laughs> Isn't it just amazing when the women in our lives push us to do things we never think we could do because they see our potential? That's so inspiring. So from doing this incredible feat, what did you learn about yourself? 
I learned two things that I think I'll never forget, which is fear is passing. Mm -hmm. um, as soon as you feel fear, recognize that it is an emotion that will soon pass once you once you step into it and you push through it. My biggest fear was the hills in San Francisco I was biking and there was, you know, Olympic athletes on this track and I saw one of them break the chain on his bike. This the hill was so steep that he was sliding down the hill. And my gut I was afraid. I was like, what happens if that happens to me? And fear is one of those moments where you start making it up and it makes worse and worse. And then you start to think to yourself, just stop that thought process. Be present with where you are right now. And the fear itself will will slip away and you'll be able to use your brain in a different way, which was, Sherry, just keep pedaling. Sherry, relax your shoulders. Sherry, just breathe. You can make it to the top. And I'll tell you um, an inspiring thing that got me to the top. There was a Brazilian woman who was in front of me. She's an Olympic athlete. I watched her pedaling out and she had the, as a chiropractor, the most beautiful symmetry I've ever seen in anyone. And I'm just watching her pedal. And it was just taking my mind off of the fear and putting it into watching this amazing athlete and how quickly she could transition on her bike to get up the hill. So if you're out there and you're listening and you find yourself in a fearful situation, remind yourself two things. It's passing. Change your focus. I just love that. So inspirational. Um, and my last question for today, why is mentorship so important, especially in the type of position that you have and in the chiropractic community? Well, like you and I being on this podcast right now, and um, fortunately, their mentorship is, is an opportunity for both the mentee and the mentor to grow. Mm -hmm. And we brought together the Adjusted Reality podcast that we did to bring people like a whole new way of looking at things is that you may think of it this way, but then have someone like a mentor open your mind to the possibilities in someone I wish was still alive that I would love to have just sat even for 20 seconds with. Um, Mother Teresa, because she changed the way I looked at things. And one piece of that was do small things with great love. And a mentor sounds like an ominous, awesome responsibility, but really it can be just holding someone's hand for just a moment. Doesn't have to be, you know, 27 years and five hours of your day, because that's the big fear when someone says, will you mentor me? Absolutely. Let's talk about where your greatest weaknesses are and then start building around it. And I think that's what mentorship really is. It's a hand up. And I think that the mentor actually gets more out of it than the mentee because they grow too. And it's such a beautiful relationship of, of yin and yang and coming together. I love that. So to finish this conversation off right, where can our listeners find you online? We know you have a podcast. Where else can they find you? So F4CP.org is our foundation website. If you want to learn anything about chiropractic, we also have, if you have never seen a chiropractor or decide, you know what, I'd like to see one. I don't know much about it. You do not have to go to a chiropractor because you're in pain. You can simply get an analysis and that chiropractor will take care of you and your family. And if something does happen that you'll, you'll have that relationship already built 
and it's a strong relationship. You know, the one thing that I often see is um, comments coming back that, oh, I love my chiropractor. I'll be on an airplane. I'll be sitting there. I'll open up my slides because I'm doing a presentation. And the person next to me will go, are you a chiropractor? And I say, yes. Oh, I love my chiropractor. And they go on for five minutes on how great they are. Um, if you're looking to find a chiropractor, you can go to f4cp.org slash find a doctor and that will give you an area to which you live and some options to hopefully find the chiropractor that you will thrive with that's terrific now before i forget did you happen to bring tea with you today i certainly did in my handy dandy oh ah, tell me about your mug so this says 50 years and that's not my age <laughs> and that goes on the down low but it's 50 years celebration and it's the Alaskan Chiropractic Society to which I went in October and it was a monumental event on several um, uh, reasons one was it was their celebration of 50 years in existence but two um, they had an extraordinary panel to come together at that event and the panel was was life-changing and it um it brought forth reasons um alaska unfortunately suffering with the highest opioid addiction in all of the country uh -huh. but it brought forth the options that are available and the people that are willing to help from the firefighters to the police officers to the senators they were all coming together for the greater good and so this this um, team mug is the 50 years at that event but then they were very kind and they actually put my name on the back dr sherry that so is great and i love the color favorite. too oh that is such a great story and what an amazing trip and just thing to be a part of just helping uh, the folks there in alaska well that's too good thank you so much dr McAllister, for joining us today my pleasure and thanks to you guys too. Check out the Hit Like a Girl podcast website and YouTube page for more great guests like Dr. McAllister today. Cheers. Like a Girl Media is more than a media network. It's a community. We want to meet you and amplify your voice and the voices of outstanding women innovating in healthcare. Interested in starting your own podcast or hosting an event near you? Connect with us online or in person. We're here to support and empower you.